Could the Maroons seal the deal on Wednesday or will the Blues take the State of Origin Series to a decider? Plenty coming up. Let's dive straight in. Queensland's second half serving ruined New South Wales' chances of a whitewash. So how do the heavyweights turn it around? Eighth immortal Andrew Johns tells us where the Blues can conquer their rivals at ANZ Stadium. Plus, is James Tedesco the right choice to take over the captaincy from Boyd Cordner? And it was a weekend of fashion filled fun for some footy players enjoying the off-season in style. And the Queensland Maroons take game one, but will the New South Wales Blues redeem themselves in 48 hours on Wednesday night at ANZ Stadiums? It sure took you both by surprise, Michael Chamis and Jamie Seard. You weren't expecting that, were you, in game one? No, uh, and you tipped correctly, actually. I so did. So, for once in the last three years, you've <laughs> tipped something correctly, but uh, I was very surprised at how New South Wales played. But, you know, Queensland, they've done it time and time again, and they, they punish the Blues again. And what about for you, Michael? Yeah, I'm going to swallow some humble pie. Uh, Katie, we said there were no chance Queensland, and you got it right. And I know you've, you know, a long-time supporter. You must be very happy. <laughs> very happy do, with the way I do love went. being right because I know that I'm probably going to be wrong sometime in the well, next Well, actually, few games. just just on that, uh, being a long-time supporter, it's. Uh, well, I just wanted to know how long you have been a supporter <laughs> because uh, we've actually got something that we want to show you just to see that you were. <laughs> oh, did you get the tweet? An actual supporter oh, of uh, the Blues. So just have a look at this. This is. Uh, 2013. 2016. Is the, yeah, but 2013, it goes back there. Uh, good game, boys, <laughs> up the Blues. Having nightmares, possibly involving the Maroons' victory. Like, for you, you change teams like your undies each week. You just change the teams. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said last week I just go for whoever's in fashion. But after 2016, I have not tweeted about the Blues. It was a very messy divorce. Mm. What was now. in fashion about Queensland last week? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, well, okay, it right. well, it's not about me anyway. We're Look joined by Blues. <laughs> I'm not that red. <laughs> Let's join. Uh, sorry, I've been completely thrown off by these two now. But Andrew Jones, Johns joins us on the line. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. How's it going? Yeah, well, sorry you had to be put through that. Gosh, absolute yeah. rubbish. Uh, but after game one, you've seen that Boyd Cordner won't be playing, and we've got James Tedesco mm. as the skipper. Is he the right man for the job? Yeah, I think so. And he's not my not one to to for Churchillian speeches, Teddy, but. You don't have to at that level. They all know how to prepare themselves. I think probably would have been a toss-up between Teddy and also Jake Trebrovich, but, yeah, I think Teddy's the right man for the job. Joey, speaking to Andrew Webster, a colleague at the Sydney Morning Herald last week, and he was going to write a story about how Luke Keary, you thought Luke Keary needed to be removed mm. from the side, but you rang him late last week and you changed your mind. Can you talk about why you thought Nathan needed to make way for Cody Walker? Well, when Cody came on the field, I thought he really sparked New South Wales. They didn't create enough opportunities for their outside men, and that's the half's job. But Cody came on, I think it was the 58th minute, 59th minute, and he really sparked them. They started to play. Now, in origin footy, you've got to create off-kick reception footy, which is so hard to do. Now, young halfbacks coming through the last five, ten years, because there's been so many penalties, it's a real art that hasn't been learned. So... I thought Cody, on the night after the game, I thought Cody, the logical man, would come in, would be for Luke Keary. But then I slept on it coming back on the plane. I just thought maybe Keary and Cody would go better together with Nathan's been through a hell of a lot all year. He you know, started off with, the, what was it, TikTok something. <laughs> so he went through that. If you're going to get in trouble, we'll get in some trouble better for, than dancing on TikTok. 
<laughs> then it had all the build-up to the Dally M. Then it had the grand final. He had two weeks build-up to that. And then he had this after the grand final. And unfortunately, got beat. I just thought maybe emotionally it would have been a good time to rest Nathan, even just for one game, bring him back for game three. But I just didn't think he'd created enough opportunities. And that's the next development for, for Nathan. He's got to be able to create opportunities when you're on the back foot, when he's under fatigue, when he's tired, when everyone else is around him is tired. He's got to be able to get himself into the game and get, get his best players and his team into the game. And they didn't do that game one. Joey, Nathan's played six games now. No line break assists, no try assists, no, no tries. What's he have to do Wednesday night to make sure that Cody Walker is in the game or is it vice versa? Is Cody going to lead the way and Nathan just follow him? Depends what the game plan is. Depends where they're going to attack. Look, a lot was made of Kirk Capewell's performance. I thought he was sensational in attack, but he's a back rower defending in the centre. I don't think they went at, at Kirk Capewell enough. And look, they got a try there late when uh, Ado Carr scored really late in the game, and they got a try there early, earlier in the game. So I think that's an area where the Blues have to target a back row defending in the centres. And so that's up to Nathan to get to certain field positions, but then to talk to Cody and talk to, to uh, Teddy to get him in position. But the big thing for Nathan uh, Wednesday night is kicking game. His, his kicking game has got to be first class. And do what Queensland done to New South Wales in that second half is just kick long, kick early, chase aggressive defence. That's origin footy, build pressure. And then someone makes an error. Daniel Tupou offloads the ball when he shouldn't have. That's origin footy. OK, Joey, what about mentally? What would you say to Nathan going into this game? Because, like you mentioned, it's been such a big year for him. Yeah, I don't know if Brad Fitless freshened him up. I'd, I'd, I'd imagine that the players that only have one or two sessions this week, so... It's a real tough one because yes, Nathan's still only 22, so he's still learning his trade. And this sort of pressure he's under, I don't think he would have experienced this sort of pressure before in his young career. So I don't really know what you could say to Nathan. It's, it's pretty much Nathan dealing with it all on his own. I think as a coach and if you're mentoring him, just, just giving him a few key points to sort of work on. But... The big one I generally say is just get out there and just play. Get your hands on the ball early, have an early touch, and then, you know, go from there. So an early big tackle early or a big kick early and build your game from there. Joey, do you fear this could burn, Nathan? Like we saw with Mitchell Pearce 10 years ago when he came through at a young age and so much pressure on mm. him, it burnt him. And he's still scarred by that, Mitchell. And you know, lucky for Mitchell, he got that Origin Series win last year. But do you see similarities to what Nathan's going through right now? Uh, not really, because they haven't got a Smith, Slater, Cronk, Thurston, <laughs> Inglis, Palau. The list goes on and on. Um, look, it, yeah, Mitchell was... He was hammered there for a lot of years. Um, and as you said, it does scar him and still scars him. But I don't think that'll happen to Nathan. Um, yeah, I think he'll learn from this. I just feel like he just needs a bit of a break. It's been a long year. It's been a long year for everyone. And they're considering... All the emotion of the last month of footy for Nathan, I just think yeah, maybe he needs a bit of a spell. But I don't think he'll be treated as a pariah like Mitchell was. Joey, out of the Game 1 performance with Queensland, what are they going to have to do to, to beat this New South Wales side? New South Wales going heavy favourites, but what did you like out of Queensland's game in Game 1? Well, they had the blueprint for origin in the second half. I thought early on they were, they were pretty ordinary in the first half. 
But the second half, they just rolled their sleeves up, as I spoke to before, kicked early. They ripped down there and kicked chase, and then their defensive line was really aggressive. Um, there's some guys, some young talent. This guy here, Xavier Coates, he reminds me, like physically, you look at him, he looks like Greg Inglis, but he, I can see him being one of those players in that dominance. When they needed to score a try, Queensland, it was always English who scored that try. I reckon Xavier Coates could be that similar player who just can score a try at the right time. But on the back of Cherry Evans's kicking game, they just they out-toughed New South Wales in the effort areas. That's what New South Wales... Don't worry about too much of the fancy stuff. Just get out there and win the effort areas. Kick chase, spoo the defensive line, win that ruck, then the rest will take care of itself. How impressed were you with Cameron Munster's performance after the uh, celebrations of Grand Final Week? Well, I saw a photo of him at the <laughs> Team Cam getting his photo, and he looked in the horrors. He looks as hung as hung. As hung. So I was giggling. I thought, well, make him make 20, 30 tackles. He'll be, he'll be going for the quickies. He'll have heartburn. He'll be hung over. But, well, first half, I, I thought he was fairly ordinary, Cameron. Yeah, but that's, that was Queensland. They're going sideline to sideline, trying, trying to create too much. But then the second half, he just he went to his strength. He dummied, he ran, took the defence on, offloaded late, and you know that's him to a T. He's got the mentality of of an Origin player of all the great Origin players. He just wants the ball in his hands, and if he makes an error, he couldn't care less. He's he's one of those rare players that the bigger the occasion, the better he goes. Yeah, I'll turn your focus back on to the Blues and state the obvious. It's a must win at ANZ Stadium, mm. and take you back to 2005 when it was the Blues doing the exact same thing. But how did the Blues handle the pressure coming into Game Two and a must win match, Joey? Well, going back to Game One, I, I thought I thought the Blues were the biggest morals I've seen. I reckon for the last 2025, I just could not see them getting beaten, and I still can't believe they got beat. So they're under a lot of pressure. But when you're under pressure, you just got to go back to the basics. And I keep talking about it. There's no magical formula. It is just those effort areas and the hard work. Roll forward. Let your big boys roll forward. Kick early. Rip down there and kick chase. And then just defend like your life depends on it. And that's what happened last year at Perth. I think in Perth, I'll make a, you know, people look at the scoreline. But for the first 10 or 15 minutes, the effort from New South Wales, especially their forwards, was just top-notch. Don't worry about the fancy plays. That'll sort itself out. Just win the effort areas. Joey, two years ago, Tyson Frizzell was probably the best back row in the competition, and his form for the Dragons this year was down. You probably put it down to the fact that St George weren't playing very well, but on Wednesday night, it didn't show a lot, and uh, it probably... Do you think he's a little bit lucky to still be in the team? And, and B, do you feel as though the, 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 the Knights should be a little bit worried about a three-year deal that he's signed? No, not at all. Not from a nice point of view. Look, he, it's been a, a strange season. Season. He's had two off-seasons during the year. He had six weeks when the COVID was was on and then came back for, was around three or four. And then he had another six weeks after the last round missed the semis. I still don't think they're using Tyson right. Look, Tyson on that right side, he should be terrorising the gap between Munster and also Kirk Cable. I thought the Blues were getting across field and turning him back under, letting him go back through the middle. I'd be just making him punch that gap between Munster and Capewell. Because he's such a big body, it'll put stress on both those defenders, which then in turn opens up the gaps either side of them for, for Tedesco or Gutherson or, or these sort of players. But I thought they used him wrong the other night. They, they've got to get him punching holes outside Munster. So I think with Cody there, they'll be doing that a lot better. Joey, got to ask you, the bubble life, I know it's not your cup of tea. You're no. not part of the New South Wales <laughs> set-up this year. Yeah. 
How much are you speaking to, to Freddie and the Blues? And do you have any desire, if this goes to the cider, maybe spend a few nights in there, get a COVID test and help out the boys? I had two COVID tests last week to get it to seven straight. <laughs> I don't want to have another one of those. I don't want my brain getting tickled by some sort of <laughs> earplugs. Um, no, I haven't spoken. I've spoken to Freddie a couple of times. Um, but no, they're all across everything. And look, the players, they know Brad Fitler's philosophies and his game plans and the way he wants to play. And nothing's changed in the last two or three years. It's just, I think the second half, they just maybe went with looking for the easy options instead of rolling their sleeves up and doing those hard things. So that, there'll be a different performance um, Wednesday night, no doubt. Freddie will have them firing. But, yeah, I won't be in the bubble. No chance. <laughs> no <laughs> chance. Glad you cleared that one up for us. I like yeah. the... Um, the what brain would you tickle. say? Like, yeah, the brain tickle <laughs> with earplugs. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's horrible. I'm glad you feel the no, same. Horrible. Hey, before horrible. I let you go, uh, for footy fans who are tossing up whether or not to get to ANZ Stadium to watch this potentially mm. um, to seal the deal, why would you tell them to buy tickets and head to the game? Well, the team needs you. The team really, the team really needs you. I thought the game one. If you look at that performance, it wasn't really an origin intensity sort of game, uh, and I think a reason for that. The players are absolutely knackered. They've had a long year, and you spoke about the bubble. We can laugh about it, but I know it's been incredibly hard for, for the players. And look, you know, a lot of people are doing a lot tougher, but I know they're really tired. So they need to draw on the atmosphere. They need to draw on our support. And I suppose one positive with the borders being closed, there'd be no Queenslanders there. So. <laughs> there'd be none of that rubbish Forex gold being drunk, which mid-strength beer, don't get me started. But, uh, yeah, the team needs you. Get out. And, look, we've all, everyone's had a... It's been such a weird year. What a night to get out to the footy. I think there's going to be 40,000 New South Welshmen there. And... Let's get behind our team and have a big victory. Yeah, sounds like a dream. Thanks, Joey. We always appreciate your insight and you can watch that game live on Channel 9. You'll be out there, no doubt. Mm, look forward to it. Awesome. Thanks again, Andrew Johns there. That game live on Channel 9 on Wednesday. Kick-off 8, 10pm and you can get your tickets from $49 at nrl.com forward slash tickets. I know, that, I know he's joking about it, but New South Wales will be missing Joey's presence in camp. Like he worked wonders with Tom Trebojevic playing that second fullback role in Perth last year and I, I know he's joking and he doesn't want to be in that bubble and that's not Andrew Johns' go but if he was in there I'd be a lot more confident than I was than I am going into this this week. I'm still confident. I, I took a couple of things away from when Joey speaks is the effort areas like mm. Brad Fittler would have been disappointed. I thought that once they defended that first onslaught from, from Queensland that they would have been able to go up the other end and punish them and they did. They got out to a 10-0 lead but there just wasn't that killer instinct. I, I think actually think Nathan and the Panthers struggled from that a little bit this year. I know they won 17 in a row, and, but there was games there where they had the chance to put them away. You think about the final series, Roosters 22-10. Like, they needed to put that game to bed. It, it shouldn't have been a one-point game. You know, a tight one again against the, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So, you know, I'm expecting a complete different performance from New South Wales. All the effort areas, as Joey said, you know, three or four times. He makes so much sense when he talks. I know that might come across. Honestly, like I get into a he, trance. Oh. I get into a trance and the camera comes on to me. I've got to ask a question. Oh, I'm glad stupid. I wasn't the only one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You just, yeah, you're, you're moved by it. But let's move on to Boyd Cordner. And in the Sydney Morning Herald today, Michael, you had an update on the skipper. Yeah, look, it's a sad situation for Boyd Cordner. Obviously, stepped down for the rest of the Origin series after that head knock in Origin 1. Now, there are some really concerned people around Boyd Cordner's future in, in terms of what he does next. My understanding of the situation is the Roosters are going to pose to him that he sits out 6 to 12 months. And 
his family are going to have a chat with Boyd in the next 24, 48 hours and suggest that may be the right path to take. And look, an option could be retirement, but perhaps if he sits 6 to 12 months out of the game, he'd be in a better position to make that decision without the emotion that he's currently in, currently experiencing right now. Because if you ask Boyd Cordner, he's 28 years old, he doesn't have any ambition to retire. When you take a step back and realise what he's done in the game, he's won three Origin Series, he's won three Premierships, he's run a World Cup for Australia. Like, he's done more than most people would achieve in five careers. So there's no doubting what he's done. So he needs to step away from the game. And perhaps after six to 12 months, that resilience to head knocks builds up because we saw that collision with Felice Cafusi on Wednesday night. It was rather innocuous. There wasn't much to it. So... There are fears there for, for, for Boyd's future and the message from family and friends is think about life as a 50 and 60 year old, not as a footballer as a 28 year old. Yeah, and the important thing to remember is, yeah, congratulations to the Roosters. Mm. <laughs> you know, for, for them to sit down and, and put the player first, they are really leading the way. They've shown this year Luke Keary's been knocked out and they've rested him a couple of times and if you leave it up to the player, the player every time will want to play. Oh. Of Regardless, course. the player wants to go out there and play, right? I've been in those situations, gone out and played before all the concussion protocol come back in and all that kind of stuff. But for the Roosters to say, Boyd, you're one of our best players, you know, you've been through so much, take 12 months off, we're still going to be here. That's leading the way. I think they should be congratulated. I think it's fantastic from Trent Robinson and Nick Politis to actually be able to do that. And good luck to him. I hope he has the rest that needed and comes back and either retires or plays, whatever, but, you know, what a, what a decision by the Roosters and the medical staff there to be able to help him out. Yeah, best wishes to Boyd for sure. Let's turn our attention to the Queensland Maroons and after that win, it wasn't a victory that many saw coming but, gents, a few changes and I guess the fullback position is the big one here. Christian Welch all also out, but who do you want to see in there? Do you think that uh, Wayne Bennett will go with the obvious in Valentine Holmes? Yeah, definitely. And I think that could be an advantage for New South Wales if they get their kicking game right. I thought the other night AJ Brimson was fantastic bringing the ball back and starting the sets for Queensland, especially when it got into a grind. And he started supporting the ball and that try he scored just came off supporting the footy. The thing about Valentine Holmes is that we forget he's such a great finisher on the wing and we're seeing those highlights now and he's, he's punished New South Wales. But hasn't played a lot of fullback this year, has been out injured, never really got into a rhythm at fullback, lost his position at the Cowboys, you know, to Tabuai Fado. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes at fullback in origin. Yeah, the skipper Daly Cherry Evans weighed in on him playing at number one a little earlier today. We're obviously really confident with Val here. Val's a really special player and you only have to watch Origin of years gone by and see the impact he can have. He's just a renowned try scorer at origin level, so um, he might be in a different position, but at the end of the day, I think the mindset will still be the same for Val. He just needs to carry the ball, put himself in a position to, to help us, um, you know, get out of our backfield and score tries. You know, it's, we don't have to complicate things. You know, I know we have made a little change there, but um, Val just needs to, you know, like all of us, play to his strengths. And if he does that, um, we'll be an improved side again. And like Jamie touched on, Michael, it hasn't been a smooth return for Val. No, it hasn't gone to script at all for the Cowboys this year. They've spent a lot of money on, on um, Val Holmes to, to come over there on a million dollars to be their long-term fullback. And I think if you ask people at the club, they privately concede that perhaps he's not the right answer at fullback. So it's a, it's a big, big test for Valentine Holmes this Wednesday. And if you're New South Wales, you go back and look at the vision of Val. Yeah, probably most of, the, most of the time at Cronulla when he first moved to fullback, very shaky under the high ball. You'd, you'd imagine Nathan Cleary and... and yeah, Walker but it's, it's, it's different, like... The high ball 
for, for Val is going to be all right. It's whether they get pressure on him. Like, mm. Cody Walker was in, leading that kick chase. They're going to need to have contact with Val. If you, want, if you want to get the best out of him and exploit Val Holmes at fullback, you're going to have to have him in contact. If he gets the ball like AJ Brimson did the other night, it just keeps Queensland hanging around and he'll be able to come into his own. Munster, Cherry Evans, once they start running the footy, Val will pop up and Queensland will win the series. But uh, if they can put pressure on him and, and make it into contact, that's where they'll have the success. Can we talk about the great man, Wayne Bennett? I did say where there's a Wayne, there's a way, and wasn't he brilliant? How were his dance moves? <laughs> <laughs> they were the best. We did find out from Zach Bailey, uh, Pretty Woman. Is that the... Is that what came on, is it? Yeah. Well, there you go. That's his track. I've never... Have you ever seen him with yeah. that much energy? Oh, you would. You would have seen it. Yeah, look... <laughs> Oh, I, it wasn't a surprise that Queensland were going to be ready. I think everyone in the media, or you know, certainly the former players, knew anything about Wayne that they were going to be ready. I just didn't think they saw the performance from New South Wales coming, and, and mm. Queensland, you know, really stuck at it. So they'll be ready to go again. The hardest thing for the Queenslanders is all that emotion and bottle up about, hey, you're the worst team, and all this kind of stuff that some people say. I don't even know who said that, but um, now. They're on the radar. They're the hunted now. You know, this series was 1-0 last year. They went to Perth, 38-6, and come back, and Sydney was obviously a tight game. But it's totally different week two, and, and especially when New South Wales, you know the series is on the line. They've got, you've got to give you, you know, pay credit to Queensland because they had the option when Kevin, Kevin Walters took the Brisbane job. Do you go with Paul Green? Do you go with Wayne Bennett? And if they went down the Paul Green path of you know, more tactical and someone who's... Yeah, you know, going to go in there and start finessing everything. They went with someone who's going to motivate them, and it's been well, that's what a stroke of genius. Yeah, yeah well, of course. And yeah, I mean, Mal Meninga is one of the greatest motivators for Queensland that we've ever seen. You've seen Freddie, what he's been able to do, yeah, yeah motivational-wise for the New South Wales uh, yeah. team the last two years, and then Wayne comes back in on a short performance. So, uh, yeah, they'll be they'll be ready to go Wednesday night. Hopefully, not too ready to go. I've got one for you. What happens if Wayne Bennett seals the series with Queensland? Will he have to be coach next year? It's <laughs> a good question. And, how do, and what do Souths do? Well, uh, Souths had no issues with him coaching Queensland this year. And I imagine that Souths would probably allow Wayne to do so because Jason Demetrio is in there. As a, is, next year's a transition period mm -hmm. for South Sydney. Wayne's going to move out for make way for Jason Demetrio. If he's, if, if he's not ready to be head coach next year, then he's not going to be ready the year yeah. after. So, to me, I think Wayne they'll would, let him do I think it. Wayne would do it and he would love it. He would love being back in the fold. And, and don't forget the other guy, Mel Meninga there as well. Like, they're some of the greatest motivators working together with this young squad that wasn't given a chance. And Alfie Langer in there as well. Yeah, well, Alf's been around forever, yeah. haven't they? So. The only thing is, that if South Sydney starts slow next year, it's not going to be a good look if he goes in his last season and goes into Queensland coach with South Sydney sitting in 10th or 8th position in his final year to win a premiership for the club. It's not going to be a good look. So he's going to have to start strong with South Sydney next year. We'll wait and see for 2021, hey? But with Origin 2 just two days away, uh, now is the perfect time to get out and have a staycation in Sydney. Nathan Hindmarsh and his kids are doing it, so you should as well. Here's a look at some of the top attractions in Sydney. G'day, guys. Nathan Hindmarsh here, inviting you to Sydney for your ultimate Origin staycation. I love coming to the city with the kids and the family. It's a ball. It's full of excitement. There's always something around the next corner that you're going to find. There's always something new to experience. Because I am a big kid myself, so anytime I get to have a smile and a laugh at the same time my kids are, that's a special moment. It's time for your Sydney Origin Staycation, ANZ Stadium, November 11. Sydney, love it like you mean it. There you go. Heard it from Nathan Hindmarsh himself. Book your trip, sydney.com. 
All right, let's move on to Women's State of Origin, which is at the Sunshine Coast State, Sunshine Coast Stadium on Friday night. And, uh, gents, we've seen the New South Wales women win the last four, and before that, there was a bit of a dynasty with Queensland winning 17 before it was called State of Origin. But who has the advantage going into this game, Jamie? Massive advantage for Queensland. You 12 Broncos in that squad and the way that the Broncos played this year in NRLW, you could see they all love playing together and how much they celebrated uh, when we had them on the show. So a uh, huge advantage for Queensland. They don't have to travel. They can just drive down the road and they're going to be at the game. That person on screen, Ali Brigginshaw, Tamika Upton, you know, potentially Zahara Tamara in the side as well. Mm. It, uh, it's going to be a tough ask for the, for the New South Wales girls who have had to go through plenty of changes themselves. Yeah, and Michael, I guess in that blue side when we see that both halves have been dropped and will they rely a lot on Corbin McGregor to, to lead them? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one on Maddie Studden. Obviously didn't perform well in the NRLW this year, but she was the player of the match last year mm -hmm. in, in that game. So it's hard to be loyal when it's only one game a series. You need to win that game. So look, a lot of pressure will fall on Corbin McGregor in the halves. I think Quincy Dodd and, and how who will get the nod there, do you think? I think Melanie, Melanie Howard will get yeah. will get the they, they played fantastic against the Broncos the week before the grand final. Mm. And that's why I think we were all surprised that they didn't get another crack a week later. But the New South Wales girls, the last two years have been fantastic in origin. Some of those big name players that played for the Dragons, this is their chance now to redeem what's been a pretty poor year. They need to come out and fire this team up. And if Kezi Apps and Isabel Kelly get through their injury tests and play we need to see the form that made them some of the best players in the world, in, in the women's game. You know, that's why Andy Patmore's made the change with Maddie Studd and that's why he's, he's left Kira Dib out. They didn't have great years, but those girls that get a second chance now that weren't great for St George, they need to come go up there and get the job done on Friday night because you know, that what they dished up this year probably wasn't good enough at stages for their coaches and, and, and their players and themselves. Yeah, it's a whole different level origin. You need to jump straight into it. So I'm expecting New South Wales to go up there and get the job done. And the other factor is the, the last couple of years it's been in at North Sydney Oval in mm. New South Wales Territory. So this will be unfamiliar for some of those girls going up to the Sunshine Coast and uh, in front of a parochial Queensland well, crowd. Last year they trailed yeah, New South Wales and it was some, some brilliant play from Kira Dib who took the world by storm. Beautiful cutout pass. She had a 30-40 as well. But... Yeah, you know, Ali Brigginshaw was injured and they left their run late, so they're going to have to be way better. But like I said, uh, Katie, some of those big-name players for New South Wales that have been around now and uh, they need to step up on Friday night. Is that what it is or do you think there's just a new wave of women coming through that are well, just a lot better? The skill and execution in NRLW3 this year is the best we've seen. Mm. It. And it's going to continue to evolve and it's something that I look forward to watching. However, when you get to Origin... We heard the great, one of the greatest players of all time 15 minutes ago talk about doing the little things and that's what they're going to have to do Friday night is kick chase, be aggressive and get yourself opportunity. It's not always the fancy plays in origin. Sometimes it can just be one person missing a tackle, you know, getting a late offload and scoring a try. So they're going to have to be good. Who are you tipping? Who are you both tipping? First? Well, who are you tipping? Yeah. yeah you, you... You've got a lot of friends on both sides here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, it makes it tricky with the women's game, particularly when you... No friends. you yeah, just no got friends. to... I'm New South Wales. Yeah, well, I'm Queensland. You're Queensland now. You're definitely Queensland. I'm Queensland. Oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Come on. New Come South on. New South Wales. I don't, I don't know. Okay, both New South Wales on Queensland. Yes. Let's move on. That game is on Friday night uh, up at the Sunshine Coast Stadium. You can catch that live on Channel 9 as well. But it is now time for Hit or Miss. All right, Kaylin Ponga will still be at the Knights in 2021, Michael. 2021? 2022. I've got 2024. Well, Sorry. 20, yeah, look, 
To explain the situation, Caelan Ponga signed an extension with the Newcastle Knights, or what we thought was an extension until 2024, and the CEO, Philip Gardner, was asked about whether there were any clauses there would allow him to leave. Now, he said there are no All Blacks clauses in this contract, but what he failed to mention was the fact that Caelan actually has player options in his favour for 2023 and 24. So, effectively, after the 2022 season, Caelan Ponga is free to look around. He's free to play rugby union. He's free to play chess for all he wants to do next, <laughs> beyond 2022. After 2021. So November, this time next year, he's off contract. Yes, yeah, so he has to see out the 22 season. But as of November 1, 2021, he's a yeah. free agent. So, wow. look, my gut feel is that Caelan will be there for, for two years, maybe three. It just depends on Newcastle's success. He wants to win a comp. If Newcastle would go backwards and he doesn't see his future there, then perhaps the Knights may lose someone quite special. But the reality is, yeah, we're pressing on miss. him. Hurry up. What's the question? Time. Hit or miss. Gosh. Well, she didn't ask the right question. It's right, well, I man. just said 21 instead of 24. He'll be the Knights in 24. No, he won't. Miss. No. Miss for me. I think that there's a lot of pressure on them to be successful and they'll need to show some more improvement next year. But there's, yeah... I just think he, I think he'll move on. I think he might even go to rugby union. As sad as it is, I think he'll he'll look for that next challenge. He's a free spirit. He's got lots of outside interests. We've already seen that mm. all year. So I think it might uh, yeah he might move on. You can't hold him back either. You've just got to let him explore his options. Yeah. I think as an incredible athlete, but you do want him to stay in the greatest game. Anyway, the Bulldogs should take a punt on Benji. Hit or miss? Hit. I yeah. think Benji Marshall will be fantastic for Kyle Flanagan. It allow uh, we've seen. I think at times Luke Brooks is actually better when Benji's out there alongside him, but now it's come to the time where Luke Brooks has to stand on his own two feet. But for Cole Flanagan, who's only played 30 or 40-odd games, Benji Marshall would be perfect fit there. And he may not play the whole year, but it also tides him over to get a crack at Mac, Bur Mac Burton as well. So uh, I think he'd be perfect. Yeah, I agree, Sally. It's a, it's a hit for me. Unfortunately, I don't think the Canterbury Powerbrokers agree with us. So they're a bit reluctant oh. to look at Benji Marshall. It just makes complete sense. You've got Matt Burton, the, tr the club's trying to get for 22. They won't, from my understanding, Penrith won't release Matt Burton Blake in 21. Blake Green won't be joining. Blake Green is leaving. They signed someone who's an older player. His brother's there. He has one last season. He helped Kyle Flanagan. He plays with his brother. He gets them through a year. It, to me, it makes sense. The, the financial side of it is, is the sticking point. The Cowboys offered Benji $260,000 next year. He's knocked that back. So, for Benji, my understanding... That's because he's in North Queensland. Well, that's right. If you offer him something similar in Sydney, my understanding is Benji will take it. At this stage, the only Sydney club to sort of express interest has been the Cronulla Sharks. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. Alright, moving on. Uh, James Roberts will play in the NRL again, hit or miss. Jamie? Hit. I think someone will give him an opportunity. I think he's yeah, obviously struggled this year, as many players probably have. And we probably don't know how many players have struggled in that bubble life this year. But, yeah, I I'd love to see him back and playing footy, I think he'll be in the NRL. It's a hit for me. It's a real sad story, James Robertson. Mm. You know, Wayne Bennett gave him a chance to come down and unfortunately it hasn't worked out. He had a, a one-strike clause in his in his contract that allowed the Rabbitohs to terminate his deal prematurely with one year to still to go. But, look, I think there's enough talent there that someone will offer him a lifeline. It just won't be on the money that he... No. Nah. If, yeah. if someone wants to say, here's 180, here's $220,000, come and join us, you know, I think the Knights may have had a little nibble to see what the, the going rate is there, but okay. that's to me, is where James Roberts, he'll play again on, on a lesser contract. And Knights being the only one... Well, at this stage, I, I don't think the Knights are, are well and truly okay. chasing him, but they've showed some sort yeah. of interest. All right. And finally, uh, Toronto Super League exit is 
bad for international rugby league? Hit or miss? Michael, yeah. I'll start with you. Hit. Oh, look, I, I know there are some people in the English clubs who are quite sceptical about Toronto's involvement in the competition, but as an outsider looking in, I, I was interested and intrigued as to how they'd go. And every time, well, it's only a few weeks that we did see them, but when you saw the results, you were keen to see how they went. And I think a lot of people were in that boat. And it's a real opportunity missed uh, for Toronto to remain in that competition. I know there's some financial problems, but... Yeah, I think that was a feel-good story of the Super League. Perhaps some clubs were just, bit, you know, disillusioned by the the attention they were getting. Yeah, it's it's embarrassing for you know, the Toronto owners and, and ownership and stuff like that. There's players that have gone without pay for six and seven months, mm. and it's really really sad when you, and, and I know some of them. We all know some of them, but yeah. I think it's really really embarrassing what's happened there. The English Super League needs to step in and pay those guys, whether they you know, cut it back or whatever else happens, they need to pay those guys out and move on from this because you know, less than 12 months ago they were touted as signing Sonny Bill Williams for $5 million a year and the exposure they got from that has ripped everyone off because they haven't paid everyone else and mm -hmm. it's actually quite embarrassing now and very, very serious and, and very, very sad to see these guys you know, with families that have struggled and had to come back, Ricky Latelli, Chase Stanley, uh, you've got Josh McCrone playing out at Young for nothing because he's had to come back you know, without that financial support. So whoever's in charge of the Super League, if it ever makes it over there, all right, get off your backsides, come together with a package for these guys and get them some of their pay, if not all of it, and before that next Super League competition starts because you can't have players going over there and not getting paid. There needs to be some sort of payment. I couldn't imagine it happening in the NRL, would it? It would never happen in the NRL. And I, I understand too that well run. actually. We'd be able to make it work. They, they need to show some leadership over there in the Super League mm. and make it happen. You just feel really sorry for the players and staff. Like, that's a long time to go without any pay. But time to move on to Champ or Chump. And we start with one of the women's players in the Blues camp, Yasmin Meek. She was supposed to marry former NRL player Adam Clydesdale. Uh, but the girls put together an impromptu wedding because of COVID and because she is in camp. The, uh, the wedding had been postponed due to COVID, not because she was in camp, but Millie Boyle did tell me I could run with that, that side of the story <laughs> if I wanted to. <laughs> and uh, Millie is actually getting her marriage celebrancy certificate. Yeah. Um, so great practice for Millie as well. And Adam's just there on the iPhone and all the girls were chanting Refused like, kiss, 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 the iPhone. kiss. Yeah. <laughs> happy, happy for the, the get to business girls. All right, yeah. we need to win Friday night. Happy for that. Are you chumping them? Congrats in marriage. All right, oh. good luck with that stuff. Friday night, this is Origin <laughs> Week, baby. They're Let's so go. bored in camp. I feel like that at least... Go and watch some video <laughs> on Ali Brugenshaw. <laughs> All right, you heard it from Daddy. You're far out. <laughs> Are you champing or jumping? I'm champing. I'm not going to chump like Sowie. It's... Yeah, it's a wedding. Nah, Celebrate. Got, be happy. You've got some fans there now. Be happy Friday night. Drink all the beers you like. The two is new up there, Sunshine Coast, when you're <laughs> OK. <laughs> Let's talk NRL fashion now. Um, so we saw Elliot Whitehead and John Bateman at the races. They reminded me of Bill and Ben, the flowerpot man. What do you think? Uh, I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't know who they are. They're like cartoons. I'm really going to miss hat. John Bateman in the NRL. He's been fantastic. Look, there's a lot of Englishmen that put their hand up to come over and play, but he is just really, really good. What was wrong with that outfit? Nothing. I, I, I like it. Good. I like that. Yeah, outfit. well, champ it. I'm Go definitely champ. champing it. I'm not one to talk. I'm, I'm not, I like I'm not a paying bit it of out. It. I was just saying. You called them a flower pot. <laughs> no, it's Bill and Ben the flower pot men. They, they have like a. Wide brim sort of hats. I've on never it. heard these oh, flower pot magic men, but oh, yeah, we'll Google champs. it for you. Champs. You're champs. older than me. Yeah, well, correct. So you should know. 
You're the ABC. Any, anyway, we'll we'll move on to another fashion statement, and surely you've seen this one. Liam Knight, his shades at the races. This is from the NRL roast. I love that. <laughs> Just ducking to the shops. Don't buy anything silly. Me, I won't. Yeah. Also me. Are they custom made? No, they're not. Custom that would made. be something that you would do. One hundred. Oh. I've seen you. I've seen, seen some of the glasses and that I you think wear. Katie Brown. Really? You wear your ski goggles when you go out. <laughs> She thinks she's celebrating the championship. Yes, no, yeah, correct. That he's champ for that. Yeah, he's Good champ. Time. I'm, I'm champing him. Good Are you champing him? No, I'm champing him. Oh, okay. Terrible. All right. Say it to his face. <laughs> <laughs> Run at him. <laughs> All right, before we let you go, we did get a taste of Couch Commentator in the finals, but it is now time for Couch Commentator for the State of Origin series. And to kick things off, we actually had to take out a loan just so we could get the best in the business. There's 45 seconds left. Murray out the back to Pierce. Pierce, a lofting pass over Tom Trebojevic. Trebojevic streaks away. He draws in. Ferguson gets the pass. Here comes Norman in cover defence. Norman can't get there. Ferguson stumbles. Throws the ball back inside. Who's there? Teddy. Teddy Tedesco. New South Wales are going to win the series. Tedesco scores in the corner. Go on, the Blues. <laughs> I like that. That's, that's very good. Do I win? Rabs. No, you don't. Well. But if you want to go to Origin 3 at Suncorp <laughs> Stadium, you just have to do what Jamie did. How hard was that? Was that, was that um, hard? Uh, three takes. Three, take, three yeah, takes. Yeah, three takes. Three takes. More to get the script before that. I'd seen that play so many times. So, um, no, it's, it's just Very a little good. bit of fun. I think learning to be a commentator, there's a lot of people out there with their dreams, so make sure you get involved. Yeah, I think you do have to get involved, right? Give it yeah. a shot. You've got nothing to lose. Well, so he lost the Dignity. Yeah, look, Rabs is safe, I can tell you that much. That was... Uh, hey, yeah. I said we're paid. We just, we're paid a lot of money for <laughs> Old that. Oh, keyboard warrior. You have to do Listen. one for next week. Yeah, okay, done. We're oh on. my gosh, you're actually going to do it. We're okay. on. All right. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't get he has the to message across. One though. of my parts. Um, <laughs> one of my plays. <laughs> no, you have to submit your couch commentator entry to get access to the chemist warehouse deck for game three, and you get a $500 chemist warehouse voucher. Mm. That is what I need to tell you because that is very good. I'll win it. And we'll play Michael Chamis next week. Done. Just head to nrlcouchcommentator.com.au. And that's it. There we go. Great work. Uh, whoa, score, score for game two, quickly. 24-12. Uh, 24-12 South Wales. South Wales. All right, I'm going... Uh, oh, it's fine, 24-12 to the Blues as well. What? <laughs> Until next Monday, have a good one. What? You can't do that. <laughs>